All right, what's up, my dogs, and welcome back to a new episode of the Triathlon Mockery College, where uh, in this series we're talking training, improving, and in the end, becoming the best version of yourself. Now, this is the second episode of uh, the strength training series. We've done uh, another episode a while ago, the first episode. Uh, I'm doing this series with uh, my guest, and uh, my guest is a phd Cage Baldwin, a phd in strength training for triathletes. Um, we've done an extensive introduction in the first episode here, so you can have a little look. If you scroll down, we have been talking who should be t- doing tra- strength training, why should you be doing it, uh, why is it good for you? Will you get bulky? Uh, how should you lift? How heavy? Uh, and we went into the basics of uh, my strength training routine, and uh, you were, uh, well, pretty amazed, weren't you? Well, I've changed some things <laughs> about it. <laughs> I was very impressed. I'm so strong. <laughs> I I must say, after uh, after the first episode, what we've done, I did change uh, the rep, so I'm doing. I'm taking way more rest. So we've we've so we've also talked about the rest. So if you want to hear all of this, just tune into the first one first. Um, basically, I'm taking more rest, way more heavier reps, and um, yeah, well, it it it, it makes fun. I, I think it's just, it's fun. It's fun. Anyway, today we're going to talk about periodization. So when should you be lifting? How often should you be lifting? What reps, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then there's a whole lot of you that have sent in some questions basically covering uh, a whole lot of stuff of uh, strength training in general. So, okay, we'll today uh, be talking about that, and then we'll be doing another episode in about two, three weeks. Yes, it's been a while, but uh, we uh, you were on vacation. I was gone. It just took a while, didn't it? But in the next episode, we're going to talk about supplements. What supplements should you be taking? Um, I'm talking for uh, performance improvements. We're talking recovery. Um Basically, we're gonna try and cover it all. So, um, Kate, do you do you want to recap anything uh, that I've missed, maybe from the first episode? That that uh, in a, in a short in a, in a nutshell. Yeah, I'm just glad to hear that you uh, took my advice on board, Tom, and you changed your sets and reps of your exercises. Well done. That's sometimes the hardest thing that I find trying to convince people to do. So I'm very impressed that you took it on board. How did you feel with the heavy weights? Um, well, I must say at first, so, um, recapping it a little bit at first I was doing probably 10 to 12 reps, which was, which basically still right, but I was doing them pretty conservative because I thought I will end up with massive muscle soreness and, uh, maybe it won't be really good pushing the muscle to the absolute limit. Um, so, uh, given an example, for example, deadlifts, I was always doing them 60 to 70 kilos, maybe 80. Right now I'm doing like 120, 130 kilos and then eight reps, so a bit less, eight to nine reps, uh, three sets and then longer rest. And um, after I was off for a long while, it was uh, I was walking like I've uh, had stuff in holes that shouldn't be there. I was <laughs> sore as anything. But uh, uh, now if, you, if you're doing strength training uh, uh, regularly, so I'm talking twice a week, that's what I'm doing, just twice a week, mm-hmm. and we're going into this uh, a bit deeper further on, then it's actually all right. It's not too bad. But that's probably because of the rest, like the longer rest. Oh, hang on, sorry, Tom, you just cut out for a second. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Sorry, the... I, got, I got to the bit where you said you, if you do strength training twice a week. Yeah, then uh, and you do it on a regular basis, then it's actually not too bad. Then yeah, yeah, that's it. It's like you build up to those heavier, heavier weights, and because you've been doing them for quite a while at the higher rep range and the lower weights, you actually, if you're more stuck to that, you would actually be causing more fatigue doing like your your higher reps and the kind of average weights than what you're Mm -hmm. actually doing now. So once you're used to it, your overall load will be less. And like you said, if you're doing it consistently twice a week, then your body gets used to it pretty quickly. So, So well done on making those changes. Because recapping the first episode, what it was, if you're doing high reps, so we're saying, for example, 12 reps, low rest, um, or even more reps and very uh, low weights, then you're actually having a more high intensity training or uh, uh, cardiovascular, like cardio kind of workout, instead of 
uh, neuromuscular workout what you actually want to be targeting with the strength training, correct? Yeah, exactly, because they're completely different. Like, like we sort of touched on, they're completely different stimulus that you're putting into your body and you get all of the cardio benefits from your cardio training, right? Your endurance training, your swim, bike, run. When you go in the gym, you're aiming to create a completely different stimulus and that's going to top up the benefits that you get from your endurance training. So when you're in the gym, you want to improve your maximal strength, you want to improve muscular tenderness, stiffness, rate of force development, like all of those things that you're only going to sort of benefit to a small degree from your endurance training, but they're so important for performance. So to do those and to get those benefits in the gym is where you have to do your low rep, heavier set, um, sorry, low rep and heavier weight kind of work. That's what mm -hmm. you really need to target on to get the most out of it. And that's what all of the research supports is doing that. Whereas if you go in the gym and you sort of turn it into more of like a cardio kind of circuit or higher reps, then, you know, yeah, you get your heart rate up and yeah, it'll feel like you're getting a challenge, but really all you're doing is just going to fatigue yourself. Like if you did that, Tom, say like yesterday in the gym and then you went out and did the session you told me about today, I think you would be absolutely wrecked. Oh yeah, definitely. I remember I did it on Monday when I started again and I had a tough run session on Wednesday and I had to post it, postpone it all the way until late in the evening. Not just because I like working out as a late evening night hawk, but also because I was just, uh, yeah, completely sore. Yeah. Uh, but it takes, yeah. if you do it more often, uh, then it will, uh, will fade away. But let's, uh, let's get into the uh, periodization because a lot of people might be wondering, like, on what kind of day should you be doing it? So if you want to start out with mm -hmm. strength, tra strength training or if you're doing strength training, on yeah. what kind of day... Would you be wanting to do strength training? Would it be on a hard day if you've got a hard bike session or a hard run session? So you're making a hard day or would you do it on an easier day? Uh, start of the week, the end of the week? Um, yeah. What? This is probably one of the most commonly asked questions that I get is like, where do I fit it in? And most people I see do it wrong because they always put it on a rest day. So initially mm -hmm. people go, oh, rest day, I'm going to pop my strength training in there. I'm like, no, because your rest day or, you know, your easier kind of day, whenever that is, that's the whole point of it is to make it easy. So you don't want to put your gym in that. So that's the number one wrong thing to do. And then the second thing to consider when it comes to putting your strength training somewhere in a program is your level of experience with your strength training. So say if I had someone new to strength training, I would schedule their strength training completely different to how I would do my own because I've, I've always done strength training almost before I even did endurance stuff. So they're going to feel strength training um, more than say me, for example, they're gonna be a little bit more fatigued from it and be less accustomed to it so mm -hmm. let's go with say like a, a new person so let's say they've been strength training and generally I would classify someone who's newer to strength training as like six months or less experience in the gym so you know if they're going look I'm kind of familiar or if they've just started I would always say that for someone new to strength training always put it as the second session of your day especially if you have a run on that day so the trouble is like with triathletes we've always got you know swim bike run and usually there's like multiple sessions in a day already but mm -hmm. i would always say for someone new to strength training put it as your second session in the day so you can still nail your endurance session so if you got like say a key swim bike or run in the morning you can still go good tick and really really nail that and then do your gym after that. And ideally it should be six hours if you can after that, because you're still gonna have a little bit of fatigue from your key session, say in the morning. So you wanna do it as a second session because then when you're in the gym, if you need to modify the sets or the loads or anything, then you can based off your fatigue. So while you're getting used to it, that's what I generally recommend. Um, and in terms of putting that in your week, I would say generally avoid it um, close to your key bigger sessions especially run sessions and that's because during running is generally where most triathletes sustain injuries just because of the mm -hmm. nature of it because it's really full on on the body um so i wouldn't do say a heavy gym session like if you're a night night person you know 8 p.m one night and then get up early and then go do like a key run in the morning because you will have that fatigue yeah um so i would say always try and space your gym session out more than 24 hours before a key run session like that's probably the main thing that you really really want to keep in mind or for yourself know you know when do i feel a little bit of fatigue from my gym when does it generally make me the most sore or you know it shouldn't really make you that sore if it's making you too sore it's probably a bit too hard um but 
you know, if you do feel fatigued from it, just accommodate for that and make sure that your key run interval session for the week does not clash with that. It's Generally, obviously going to be sore if you're just starting up with uh, strength training. But to put it into yeah. like an example, I always have got a, uh, so on a Monday, I'm doing like a harder swim, 90 minutes and like an easy bike 90 minutes and then mm-hmm. normally i'm also doing like the strength training but it's relatively for me an easier day on a monday because on a tuesday i would do a harder bike day so like three three and a half hours with intervals and then a run run off the bike mm-hmm. uh, either one of those would you then say do the strength training on the tuesday or is and i'm doing like a harder run on a wednesday or would you say the monday is all right I would say the Monday's all right. I would say the Monday's pretty pretty good for you, Tom, because generally what I find is that triathletes can get away with a little bit more fatigue on the swim and the bike because mm-hmm. it's not ground rea- there's no ground reaction force. So it's so less just, harsh. You were just body. saying that um, as long as it's not on a, on like a rest rest day when the focus mm-hmm. is like fully resting off, keep, yeah. uh, get your body off of training, focus on the recovery, then it shouldn't yeah. be a strength training day. Yeah, exactly. And then if you are more accustomed to the gym, so if you're more used to strength training and you really don't feel, you know, uh, too fatigued after your gym sessions, then often you can kind of get away from scheduling it almost anywhere in your program. But if you are new, it's generally don't schedule it on a rest day, like a proper, proper rest day. You can schedule it on a slightly easier day, but not on a full rest day. Um, Mm -hmm. And don't schedule it immediately before or even just like, you know, 24 hours before a really key run. They're like your two big things that you really want to think about. Um. Yeah, definitely, because um, your body will already be sore and thus weaker and thus uh, more vulnerable to uh, to injuries if you run with a bad technique. Yeah, exactly. It's that fatigue and and the yeah, definitely. Like if you're feeling fatigued, like your your running biomechanics is going to change. But again, you can generally get away with that a little bit more on the bike and a little bit on the swim too, especially um, if your gym's a little more lower body focused. So you can think of it that way too. Like you can sort of periodize your strength program as well. So say if you have like a day A and a day B strength program, let's say you're doing it twice a week, you can do say, um, like for you, say Tom, if you were doing your strength session on your Monday, um, and then you had your heavy bike and your run off the bike on Tuesday and then your key run on the Wednesday, I would say to you, okay, maybe don't do your plyometrics, say if you're doing anything like that on the Monday because you don't want to be too sore for the run off the bike or your key session on the Wednesday. So just do your heavier lifts then. Um, and because you don't have a big swim on the Tuesday, then you could do a little bit of upper body, you know? Um, so you can always sort of like alter your exercises in your program and think about your actual program where you fit it in through the week as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how often would you say strength training, should, how often should you be doing it a week? Is one time a week, one time a week, is that enough for some people? Would you say minimum of twice a week? Would you say three days a week is too much? Mm. This is also one of my favorite questions, which, which fits in and around the, the scheduling, the periodization. But my general rule of thumb, and this is based off almost all of the research out there, is once a week is enough to maintain. So if you have done a, and generally it takes 12 weeks to see really, really good improvements from strength training. So let's say that you have a few key races coming up. I'd say, okay, plan back from there and do like a 12 week strength training block. And then in those key races, you could do strength training once a week to maintain your strength. Mm-hmm. But in that, say, like 12-week block lead up into the races where you're really focusing on developing your strength, I would say strength train twice a week because in that time as well, you're going to be doing lots of endurance training because that's your big build-up in the block. And then, say, if you take a step back from that and let's say that you're you know, working more like on base building or if you have had a bit of an injury history and you're really trying to do your strength training to keep your injuries at bay, then three times a week is ideal. Lots of research does show that three times a week is more beneficial than two times a week. But in my PhD, we did a 26 week strength training intervention. We only did it twice a week and we saw huge improvements. So I'm a big fan of twice a week. Um, If you were gonna go to three times, I would say really shorten your program. Do like three 30 minute programs or something, you know, because otherwise Mm -hmm. it does create a lot of extra load in there. Yeah, definitely. Especially if you're like a time star age grouper that already, if you need to go to the pool and to the gym. 
Yeah, like twice um, a week in sample and then one just to maintain it. What, um, so if we're talking, you were saying, for example, a 12 week build up to a race, but normally if you just start off in the off season, mm -hmm. does a strength training schedule, so I'm saying the reps and the weights change over time. So is strength training in the winter different than strength training in race season? This depends a lot on the level of the athlete. So if I have someone who is new to strength training, I would start them slightly higher on the set and rep ranges. So slightly higher is more like eight reps. And you might go, well, that's still low because you've just decreased yours down to eight reps. But mm -hmm. that's really the maximum number of repetitions that you can do to stay in maximal strength training zones. Um, so I would generally go more like eight reps. And what I would do is a little bit more... Um, in like when someone's new is go just uh, at a lighter load. So I would always keep people in those repetitions and I'll just more modify the loads of that. So once they're used to strength training, then I would use that base building to really not be afraid to actually load them up relatively heavy because if the endurance training focus is actually, you know, if it's not like the key um, thing and you're not doing as much race specific work, then you can really afford to kind of play around with the strength training a little bit. But then as you get closer to your race season, then you might want to be a little bit more conservative with those loads. So it really depends on the athlete. Um, really of what you were doing but I generally would not play around in those higher set and rep ranges at any stage throughout anyone's strength training program unless it's for injury prevention stuff so you know or warm-up stuff so if you're doing like say some single leg deadlifts or some crab walks or um, you know side planks and all that kind of stuff which is amazing for getting like uh, improving your hip motor control and that kind of stuff. That's the exception to the rule. I would always include higher set and rep ranges for those. But when we're talking about main set exercises to improve performance, there isn't really anywhere in anyone's program that I would program those main set exercises higher than eight reps. All right. So in conclusion, you would say it doesn't matter really if you're in the winter or in re-season, you always stick around the eight reps. The only thing that does change over time is as you're doing strength training for a longer time, is the weight yeah. will increase as you get stronger. Yeah, exactly. Well, when I say eight reps, I mean eight reps or lower. <laughs> so eight reps like, or lower, six to yeah. eight reps. Yeah, yeah, even less than that. Like we've yeah. um, in my PhD, we did like some blocks of three sets of three, um, where we where we really really focus on improving like maximal strength. Um, like we did four sets of five, five sets of five, like that kind of thing as well. Um, so I would modify those loads based on what the athlete is focusing on throughout the particular phase, obviously of their training and what they're really really focusing on. But I wouldn't do any traditional lifts like deadlift, squats, back squats, splits squats, um, barbell step-ups, hip thrusts, anything like that, generally greater than like the, those eight reps. They should be in that maximal strength training zone, depending on the athlete, obviously. Okay. Okay. So I could even like, uh, I'm actually doing too much in the gym. I'm, I'm on the high side. I'm you are on the high side. Yeah, yeah. We can we can bring yours down. I reckon, you know, maybe bring your deities down. We could do like four sets of five. But like, this is going to sound really, really simple simple maths and i actually just did this in one of um the youtube channels but like if you were doing let's say three sets of five reps of squats at 100 kilos let's say tom it's you at 100 mm -hmm. kilos you would probably do 200 right but let's go with 100 okay yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, I i'm doing over 100 far over oh, 100. There, there you go so what, what, three by the way which, what, what exercise are we talking bicep curl or uh <laughs> Yeah, just like that 100 kilo dumbbell, doing those no, biceps. What, um, what exercise were you talking? <laughs> Tricep extensions, you know, all those big, big dog exercises. <laughs> um, but let's say, okay, back squats, you're going okay. three sets of five at 100 kilos, okay? So that's, that's 1,500 kilos. Ch check my maths there, Tom, but that's 1,500 kilos. Yeah. All right, and then let's say that then you were doing that, okay? And then you went in one time and went, I'm gonna ignore all of Kate's advice and I'm gonna go four sets of 15 reps of my back squats and I'm gonna do them at a much lighter weight, so say 40 kilos, right? Which is a substantially lighter weight. So you would yeah. think, well, that's not gonna hurt as much. But in that whole mindset for that exercise, that would then be 2,400 kilos. 
So your mm-hmm. overall load is so much higher doing higher set and rep ranges at a lighter weight than if you were to do lower set and rep ranges at a heavier weight. So not only is it going to cause you less fatigue, but you're actually going to get improvements in your maximal strength, which is super important because as you improve your maximal strength, it means that the actual like maximum amount or the muscle that you actually use during you know every pedal stroke every swim stroke every push off during running comes down to a lower percentage so that means that you're going to have more of that muscle left for later in the race so you're going to work on that with these maximal strength training um, zones you're going to work on improving your rate of force development so how quickly your muscles can contract and relax and push off the ground or push through the pedal you're going to work on improving your muscular tenderness stiffness and that's super important when it comes to being more economical but they're the kind of things that you get from that lower rep higher weight work that you don't get from that higher intensity higher set higher rep work so there's so many reasons why you should go heavier with that because it's less overall load so less fatigue it's more time efficient as well doing three sets of five is way more time efficient in the gym and you get all those benefits I talked about whereas if you go into the gym and do four sets of 15 at 40 kilos you're just going to make yourself super sore it's going to take more time and you're going to get virtually none of the benefits that I talked about and that's I think and on top of that and on top of that it looks silly you look silly right and like someone it's going to come up in the gym and like way smaller than you and then go and put more weight on than you and then totally upstage you because you're just there only squatting that about you know (laughs) unless 40 kilos obviously is your uh your five rep max yeah which is fine but you know for you tom uh, i don't think it it would look silly So that's Um, why like I would never change those set and reps. Um, even if someone's in like the off season or they're in like building up to a race because at no stage do I want to overload them. Like strength training for endurance athletes is simply just a means to an end. So they are literally only just doing strength training to get faster and to be injury proof. So you just want to focus on that the whole time. Like there's no need to change things just for the sake of changing it. Mm Would you say strength training is more of a training for um, literally being a more powerful athlete or would you say it's more for uh, being more robust and thus a robuster uh, for uh, injury prevention? I think that they really do go hand in hand. Like I, I, and it's funny because I see athletes who come in literally to me for one or the other, but they really do go hand in hand and you can make a program where you get both of those. So most of the time, if you, you know, you schedule your program properly. So let's say like Tom in your deadlifts, just because we've chatted about them Mm -hmm. over your, I know your hundred kilo bicep curls are impressive, but let's just talk about your deadlifts. So deadlifts by doing them, you're going to improve strength through your lats, which is going to make you a faster swimmer. You're going to improve mm-hmm. strength through your lower back and your glutes and your hamstrings. So that's going to help you be able to stay in your time trial, like a really aggressive position um, for a longer time. So that's going to help your performance, but it's also going to help strengthen up your back, which is then going to make you more resilient on the bike. So you're not going to come off with, you know, excessive back pain and back pain's really, really common in triathletes then -hmm. because you're doing your deadies like let's say if you change them to a little bit more say like a stiff-legged deady then you're going to really focus on strengthening your hamstrings so then you can prevent things like hamstring tendinopathy um like common injuries like those so i really think that that really really go hand in hand if your program's done properly like um split squats is say like another great example of that because they're in a split stance position so you're really going single leg with them you're getting so much glute med activation and really working your stabilizing muscles like the glute med um, your adductors as well so you're not only going to work on performance by doing a single leg heavy exercise but you're going to prevent injuries too because you're working on those stabilizing muscles and your core muscles at the same time um, and you're getting some upper body loading in there so I really that was a very long-winded way of saying I think that they're really equal <laughs> mm-hmm. fair enough um before we uh, go over to uh, the questions what do you think in uh, with regards to the periodization is something we haven't covered yet um i think that it's really important to modify your strength training also just based on your feedback like your internal feedback when it comes to 
periodizing your strength training and it doesn't even necessarily have to be something that you have to plan out so far in advance so something you know and it the same goes for endurance training you might have a plan and you look at it and you go oh my gosh this is perfect but then you like and you know like we were talking about before Tom like you get injured or you know something happens and you have to throw that plan out the window and it's really mm-hmm. hard sometimes I think when people go into strength training with this, you know, I know I kind of spelled out before this like 12 week lead in block and then you maintain it over race season. Like, yeah, they're your great principles. But I think that you really have to go into every single strength session and use your own internal feedback. Um, This is actually something that we included in our app is like a fatigue scale, which modifies your weights because it's so important for endurance athletes. And this is where it gets tricky strength training for endurance athletes is you have to know in each session where to modify those weights. So yep, Kate says heavy lifting is really, really important. That's great. But your heavy lift say on a particular day may be lighter because you've just done like a huge run session the day before and then the day before that you've done a five hour ride. So Mm -hmm. it's almost like you have to periodize every single session that you do when you go into the gym and modify it that little bit based on your own feedback. So that's probably the last thing I'd say is like, whilst it's great to have these big principles in mind, don't be afraid to change it and don't be afraid to mix it up a little bit based on your own feedback. Because like I said, like strength training is a means to an end. You don't want your strength training to make you excessively sore. You don't want to hurt yourself doing your strength training. You want to be able to do it consistently so you can get faster and you can get more mm-hmm. robust and injury resistant. But you have to, you know, really do it sensibly to really, really nail that. The the um, the thing with strength training sometimes is um, uh, what exercise or blah blah blah. So I've got like a a routine that I'm always doing. But also you want to give the muscles a new stimulus over time in order to uh, not adapt to the stress that they're undergoing, <laughs> and thus mm-hmm. um, um, keep improving. Would yeah. you say with regards to strength training? Um, you should alternate the workouts or you should change the workouts every like couple of weeks or or because a deadlift is a pretty uh, overall workout isn't it is is a uh... yeah i i find a strength training for endurance athletes in particular is pretty repetitive um mm-hmm. it's like you don't necessarily have to change things all the time um but i would definitely like you said you know challenge it a little bit to get a new stimulus but you can do that by changing your sets and your reps, like we we're talking about. So like Tom, for you, you know, dropping your deadlifts down, having a few weeks or four sets of five at a heavier weight is gonna be really, really helpful. Or you might just wanna change your daddy to say like a rack pull. So like a smaller range movement to really work on your lats and your glutes a little bit more and take your hammies out of it a little bit. So mm-hmm. there are lots of little modifications you could do. Um, one of the key things that I do to kind of um, periodize and change up a little bit of strength training in triathletes is if they have a focus on run performance and if they're not in the big lead up to um, a race and if they are pretty injury proof then I love to include plyometrics um, because they're so good for bone loading so for preventing bone stress injuries and they're really good for running performance Um, but that's something you know that you can periodize in because you don't necessarily want to do them all the time and not a lot of them, um, but they are really, really helpful. So small little changes are good, but definitely not reinventing the wheel. Like definitely not needing to fully change your program, but little changes, yes. Fair enough. Now we can uh, get into this a little bit deeper with uh, some of the questions that I uh, got from the field so uh these are uh, age groupers back home struggling with the strength training have uh they've got their hands in their hair kate and they're uh they're asking uh <laughs> let me help them <laughs> so um the first uh doc was asking and was actually saying gym membership is expensive will yeah. i be able to do these workouts at home and will it have the same effect Mm. I would say it obviously depends what you have at home. Um, the hard thing is over COVID, all of a sudden, like home gym equipment is now like quadruple the price because yes. everyone wants it. Um, we do a lot of body weight and band exercise like programs because that is a really, really common thing. It's gym memberships expensive or people live somewhere where they don't have access to a gym. So mm-hmm. yes, you can absolutely do strength training from home. 
The hard thing is sometimes, you know, um, as we've talked about the importance of, of hitting those maximal strength parameters is it can get a little bit tricky sometimes getting really creative with exercises to really challenge yourself to feel like you're working really hard and you're not leaving a lot of kind of reps in the tank. Um, so you can, short answer, yes, you can definitely do things from home. I think that it does have some limitations and I don't think that the benefits that you would get would be as good as if you were in the gym, but you will still see improvements. You will still be robust. I do think that strength training programs from home can be just as effective at preventing injuries than gym programs a lot of the time. Um, so that's a big, big win. Um, and I would just say invest in, if you can, invest in a barbell and some weight plates. That's the mm -hmm. best thing that you can do because then you can do things like hand cleans, triple extensions, deadlifts. Like there are lots of exercises. Just the main key do. workouts. Yeah, exactly. Pull up if you've got a yes. pull up bar. A pull up yeah. bar. A pull up bar would be great because then you can attach bands to it and stuff as well, right? Yeah. For other exercises. So like, yes, do it from home. Buy short bands, long bands. If you can find a pull up bar and a barbell and weights eventually you don't need that straight away uh, but eventually I think you know after three or six months you'd get to a point where you go I want that barbell and some weights yeah I think with with like 300 euros or something like that or, or US dollars you could get some decent equipment like a barbell some weights and, and otherwise the, the strength training training program would look a little bit different for example lift the, the heavy closet five times but uh, um, you're saying as long as you've got the environment uh, so the I mean lifting two cans of milk two kilo on each side is, is just is not is not gonna cut it right that's the, uh, the no. you need to have the proper equipment yes Ideally, yes. You can get it. You can get something out of it with body weight and band stuff to start with. Absolutely, but give it time, and your body's going to adapt, and you'll want something new to progress yeah. it. Yeah. Then I've got a question. Someone is asking: Is a low cadence exercise on the bike the same as doing leg work in the gym? And <laughs> I see this a lot, like low cadence reps. No. No, it is not. It is not the same. And I am so glad that someone asked this question. And I'm going to do a full YouTube video on it because I love going into the nitty gritty of why. But I will take you through briefly why because people get quite antsy at me when I say no. And I know there are coaches out there who are so adamant that my athletes don't need strength training because they swim with paddles, they do low cadence work on the bike, or they run up a hill. But it is not the same. Now, I'm not saying that that stuff's not good. It is great. Like there is research that shows that low cadence work on the bike improves VO2 max. It can actually improve testosterone. It is good for so many things. It has its place and it's fantastic, but it does not replace strength training. So strength training creates completely different stimulus and completely different physiological changes in the body to endurance training. And you do not get those adaptations from endurance training. So you can do that stuff, but you're missing out on benefits. So research, especially for low cadence work on the bike, and there was you know, an example of one of these studies, they got very, very well-trained male cyclists and they split them into two groups and they gave them two sessions a week where half of the group, um, the low cadence group, did a 90 minute workout at a cadence and this was at 70 to 80% of maximum heart rate at a cadence of 40. So that is like the definition that's of really horrible. Right. Yeah, like if no. there was gonna be any form of low cadence work, that's it, right? Like that's the lowest cadence you would wanna go. And the other group did it at a freely chosen cadence, okay? So the only difference was the cadence. Now, in the low cadence group, they did not improve any performance measures. They did not improve aerobic capacity. They did not improve VO2 max. They did not improve leg strength. They didn't improve anything. But interestingly, in the freely chosen cadence group, they significantly improved all of the measures except for lower leg strength. So, you know, it doesn't improve strength. So... The key with your strength training is it improves your maximal strength, like what we were talking about before. That's really, really important. Let's say we're still talking about the bike. So let's say, Tom, like you're sitting out in your Ironman pumping out like 400 watts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, what a steady state, just an easy spin. Okay, let's call it yeah. 300. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> for the sake of ease, I'm going to call it 100. Don't take that as an insult. It's just for the ease of math. That's all right. That's all right. Okay. Let's say that you're sitting on like 100 watts and that was, you know, 80% of your muscles capacity. If you improve your muscles maximal capacity, that 100 watts now becomes 70% of its maximal capacity, right? Which means that you're actually saving that muscle for later and that has a glycogen sparing effect, meaning that you got more energy on the back end of your race. Like that's one of the key ways strength training works and you get that from strength training sessions. You don't get that from low cadence work. You can't improve your muscles and your tendon stiffness, sorry, how strong and stiff they are through low cadence work. You can improve it in the gym and you can improve it from a little bit of running. But all of these things that are really important to improve performance don't happen through that. They happen through strength training. So they work differently. Is um, um, the low cadence work is just as the uh, high rep, low weight, uh, more of a uh, cardio kind of workout than uh, the yeah. neuromuscular kind of workout of the strength training, which is basically more... Uh, based on the uh, pathways, building neuromuscular pathways. Yeah, um, exactly. It's great for all of that. Like I say, like they're, they're awesome yeah. sessions to include, but they don't replace strength training. All right. I guess that will uh, de -ask, uh, de answer the questions. Uh, that question. <laughs> now, a really common injury for a lot of runners is shin splints. Mm. Um, First of all, uh, uh, um, in, in general, shin splints very often come from people that have a too quick of a build-up, um, don't really have a lot of experience in running, and mm -hmm. maybe uh, another thing could be uh, poor running shoes. Uh, mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, first of all, get like a coach with a yeah. decent program. You can always yeah. uh, have a little chat with me, of course. Um, <laughs> shoes, that was going to be my advice. <laughs> if you if you're if you like past that and you're you're already fucked because you you didn't follow that advice you've got the same. So if Tom's already your coach what? and you're already fucked. <laughs> what would be the best workout for injury prevention with regards to shin splints? Yeah. So another sorry before I say a, a workout, one of the other big really really important things when it comes to preventing shin splints is improving your cadence. So often shin splints comes from when runners are overstriding and the yeah. cadence is too low. So research does show that even a 10% improvement in cadence can be really, really effective to minimize that load straight through the tibia. So that can be really, really helpful. So the first thing I would say is, well, after get Tom as your coach, the second thing I would say would be increase your cadence. And then in terms of a strength workout, you ideally want to work on your soleus muscle strength. So your soleus is the deeper of the calf muscles. Um, so with that one, it's got more of a, well, sort of research is changing on this, but it's got some slow twitch and some fast twitch muscle fibers. But the important thing for shin splints is it actually comes along and it inserts onto the tibia. So that's really, really important because if that muscle gets overused you know from those training load errors um, and it's going in too much too quickly it gets overused and it can get it can feel really really tight and it will pull on the shin on the tibia and cause that shin pain so if you strengthen up that soleus then you can help minimize that and prevent that and the other reason you really want to strengthen that up is because if you are going to work on improving your cadence you need to actually have some calf strength there so when you increase that cadence you can work on improving your rate of force development to actually be able to pick up your cadence so i would say doing any calf work with a bent knee that will target your soleus over your gastroc so so gastrocnemia so the bigger calf muscle so i would say anything like a seated single leg calf raise a bent knee deficit calf raise off a step um, a bent knee deficit calf raise in a smith machine or off a leg press um, again aiming to improve the maximal strength so if you could do something to start with like three sets of six repetitions only leaving like two or three reps in reserve so it should feel pretty heavy give yourself ample rest so like three minutes rest in between your sets that would be a really really good place to start so basically you're saying uh, trying to strength uh, strengthen the, the the deeper calf muscle uh, mm -hmm. in order to relieve the tension of the uh, the front shin um, well one of the uh, another common injury is obviously a, a runner's knee 
which is um, uh, apart from uh, bad running technique and all that comes down from uh, having a weaker glute muscle can mm. be easily fixed in the gym what well, easily mm -hmm. fixed can be fixed over time with deloading like off running and start doing a strengthening that glute muscle thinking like deadlifts uh, squats uh, um, yeah that kind of thing um, yeah 100% with your like runner's knee it's glutes and quads so research has actually compared mm -hmm. you know is it more beneficial to prevent runner's knee or to manage runner's knee by doing glute exercises or quadricep exercises or both and research shows do both so yeah including that's where like your single leg exercises again when it comes down to like time efficiency doing things like step ups and split squats are great because they work on quadriceps glutes and their single legs so you work on all those stabilizing um glutes like you said squats like squats are really really good for it if you're worried about overloading your knee just go smaller range like just go mm -hmm. to a range where it doesn't hurt your knee it all it all comes from uh, a poor poor build up, but you see this uh, very often. Uh, uh, Thomas Decker, a mate of mine, friend of the show, uh, the doping expert on the show, uh, he did his first uh, uh, run, <laughs> I think, a week ago because he wants to maybe run a marathon next year. And he mm -hmm. said, "Yeah, I did an 8k easy run." And I said, "All right, what pace were you hitting?" He said, "Oh, something like six minute k pace." But it's still, it's a 50 minute run, you know, you need to see it in time and not in like case because 8Ks for me can be totally different than 8Ks for you. So it's absolutely yeah. crazy to do like a 50 minute run. He said it was completely fucked, even like two hours after the run. I said, mate, your tendons, your muscles, they haven't been seeing any of this for years, you know, start off with like two times 15 minutes or uh, like in a week. And then, yeah. Slowly, uh, but yeah, this is where uh, where it all comes uh, down. But obviously, our listeners are all uh, are all very experienced age group athletes, and uh, they uh, they they of course never uh, have to deal with any of this. Um, let's go over to um, the, the the next one. So, if you're time starved and you can't be messing around in the gym for hours and hours, what would be the three best exercises for triathletes? Ooh. This is good. This is a very good question. Well done, who have sent this one in. Okay. I would always include a calf exercise, um, not only for running, but because the calves are super important to transfer power into the pedal when it comes to cycling. I would, okay, hang on. Oh, I've got to really think about this. This is good. I would include a triple extension, which is like, if you watch the Olympic games, it's like the start of like a, a clean and jerk movement. So it's literally just the jumping part. It, okay, I just probably made it sound quite scary, but it's not. Triple extensions are a really good weighted jumping exercise. So they're a form of plyometrics. So you work on power, you work on calf strength, you work on, you know, it's called a triple extension because you extend through your ankles, knees and your hips. You get some upper body strength in there. So I would do a triple extension. I would do a heavy weighted split squat because of all the reasons I've talked about them before of how good they are to strengthen up everything. And I would do a deadlift. All right, so the deadlift, the squid, split squat and the, uh, the triple extension. Now the triple extension to go in that one, how does that look? Like what is the, so do you have to, to yeah. uh, a dumbbells in your hand? Do you have a barbell of weights? Do you have it on your shoulder, in your neck, around your knees? Like what's going on there? <laughs> Try it with weights around your neck, but it probably won't work very well. So, okay, so let me talk you through it. So you were standing generally with a barbell just in your hands. So you're holding onto the barbell with your hands about shoulder width apart. I'll tell you what, I'll put this on our YouTube. I will take a video of a triple extension, put it up just so you can envision it, or I'll put it on mm -hmm. Insta. But you're standing, holding onto a barbell, um, holding onto it with your hands about shoulder width apart, and you're just standing upright. And then you do a small little hip hinge. So you're just bending forwards from the hip and you're just lowering that barbell down against your thighs to just above your knees. And from there, literally all that you were doing is thinking about it extending through the ankles and then the knees and then the hips. And you were literally then just jumping up towards the ceiling and then soft landing down again. So that's my kind of like tie in calf exercise with some power and a bit of plyometrics for bone health. All right, so basically you're picking it up from the ground with a, uh, um, uh, um, like some sort of deadlift, but then more for the hammies. And then yeah. you like jump into it. So as soon as you've got it up yeah. around your hip, you like jump 
in order to get a little bit of that calf as well. Is that, is that so what you're, it looks you're like? not actually starting off the ground. You're starting standing upright, holding onto the uh, holding onto okay. the barbell. So you're starting at the top of a deadlift position. Okay. Just yeah, yes, and from there, position. then you just hear, hang on. I can show you, Tom, so you can see. I know your listeners can't wait. So you're like standing upright, and then you hinge down, and then you like jump and extend. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, clear. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I thought. So basically, uh, exactly, you're standing upright and you're hinging down, and then uh, from that slowly up, and then boom, yeah. into a little bunny hop jump. But um, yeah. the video will come up on uh, on uh, your Instagram. It's a new one. Oh. It's Valer, isn't it? Valeri, yeah. If you followed us at Endurance Movement, we've just—it's the same page. We've just renamed it, but it's called Valeri. So we've got an Instagram. Apparently, TikTok is all the rage. Don't go on our TikTok though, because I haven't really worked on that. <laughs> but uh, we got the Instagram and we've got YouTube as well. So I'm trying to put up as many examples as we can on there and we're launching that app. So there'll be heaps of examples of exercises so you can check them all out or flick me a message and I will all right. take that. <laughs> so got, yeah, watch out what you're saying before everyone's oh God, okay. you know, they, all, uh, they all want their, their free, the free nuggets. Um, <laughs> So basically, uh, yeah, don't all spam, Kate. Um, <laughs> to sum it up, the deadlift, the, um, uh, how did you call it again? Triple? Uh, triple extension, split squat, and a deadlift. Triple extension and the split squat. Right, yeah. That's it. Now, what do you think, now that we've talked about the three best bang for buck, what is the most pointless exercise that you see do a lot of gym, uh, people do in the gym? Oh... There's many, Tom. There are so many. Can I throw um, one? Can, can you what, sorry? Can I throw a category at you? Oh, yeah, go for it. Core exercises. Okay. Hot topic. So core exercises for, for triathletes who are stuck on time, do not waste your time on core exercises. Don't spend your time doing things like planks and sit-ups and all that kind of stuff because... Research shows, so there was actually a fantastic study that compared core activation, so activation through the abdominals and the back muscles during a plank versus a 6RM, so a heavy loaded six repetition squat. And they found that especially over time, the squat had greater activation of the core, core muscles. Now, in particular, in endurance sports, in strength training in endurance sports, like my PhD, um, there are numerous studies that have looked at runners and cyclists, and they have included squats. Just even, even two of these studies in cyclists and runners included four sets of four squats. That's all they did. Three times a week, week in, week out. The cyclists and the runners went into the gym. They did four sets of four squats. They left the gym. That was their program. And the cyclists significantly improved their cycling economy by 7%. Like we saw a 7% improvement in our triathletes. Runners improved by 5%. Like that's more than the Nike shoes. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's huge. So if you can get core activation through doing squats, which is then going to improve your performance as well, don't waste your time doing a plank because you can get the same core activation in a movement that is going to make you more robust and perform faster. So I'm not saying core strengthening isn't important. Of course it's important, like work on it, but do it in the most time effective bang for buck manner. And you'll find doing things like a side plank. A side plank, for example, is one of the best exercises to target your glute med, which is really important for preventing almost any running related injury. But in a side plank, you work your core muscles heaps. So like that's much better than just doing a traditional plank. So it's really just being really savvy with your exercises and not spending ages in the gym, just kind of faffing around. Have you then got a, uh, another exercise, what you think is absolutely pointless? Oh, virtually anything that's on like a really unstable surface. So I see lots of people, not lots, there's not a lot because I try not to see them, but I see some people doing exercises like a single leg standing on a BOSU ball and then they're doing like a pal-off press. So then they're holding on to, Tom, no, don't point to yourself. No. I, I've done it. Yes, definitely. No. I've done no. single, single leg. Right now? No, no, it's all right. It's all right. We're all uh, here to learn. Uh, but that makes me it makes me curious because I've got a couple of questions about that. So are you talking that because I've done single leg squats on a bosu ball? 
No, but you don't need to. So again, this is about being smart with your strength training and think of your goals. So Tom, what's your goal of your strength training program? Um, yeah, what's my goal? Obviously uh, better every day. So I'm using it as uh, to have a very complete training schedule over out throughout the week. And also because I just, I like strength training. I like um, hitting the gym a little bit. So, um, but so if you getting, like getting, becoming the best, a, a better athlete in yeah. um, relatively <laughs> short amount of time. So if I'm going to the gym, we'll just be like 40 minutes. Okay, so there's a key there, right? So it's better mm -hmm. athlete short amount of time. So don't waste your time doing anything kind of bozo bully and single leggy. So people go, oh, but you know, I like to do that because it replicates instability or I like to do these weird kind of shoulder exercises because the water's unstable when I swim, right? Well, I don't know how water's unstable, mm -hmm. but you know, like it's choppy and everything else. So I need to prep my body for it. Or when I'm running, it's single leg, so I need to prep for it. But you get that from your swimming and you get the single leg phase from your you're running like you don't need to challenge your body more than that in the gym like you, the, mm -hmm. you you just don't need it you're not going to adapt to it if you were a gymnast and you were going on the beam in the olympics i'll say to you look that's probably going to be worth it we want to work on your balance a little bit but like as triathletes we don't need that excessive balance practice like unless you're running and falling over because you've lost your balance like it's it's just not really necessary for you you'd be better off doing um you know like um step ups where you're challenging that single leg phase and you're really targeting through your glutes and your adductors and you're working those stabilizing muscles but in a way that you can load up and still actually get some but then preferably the weighted step ups for example with exactly. two uh, kettlebells exactly. all right so yes. no messing around with the bosu bar <laughs> instead you want to be doing it being a gymnast so you're actually saying tom you should be a gymnast for the olympics if you want to fuck around with the bosu bar oh well, my other thing is you did say you enjoy the gym right so if you just like those exercises and maybe yeah. you're coming back from an ankle injury go for it right and it but looks pretty big time efficiency and to get the most out of it then that's a that's a kind of useless one for you and you look like an absolute beast doing single leg squats on a bosu bar like i've got the balance i've got the strength um <laughs> So, uh, yeah, okay, it's, it's, uh, there's more You really it. look like a beast doing it though, Tom. <laughs> there is an absolute weapon. There's more <laughs> to it. Now, um, the next question, which basically also uh, touches this subject. Um, would just body weight give enough resistance for strength training? Um, We've already covered this already a little bit, but yeah, I was going to say it's similar to the previous one. I think to start with, yes. Like I think that if you are going, am I going to strength train? Am I not? I don't want to invest in equipment. I don't want to invest in the gym. I want to see if I like it first. Yes, mm -hmm. but again, give it twelve weeks and your body's going to adapt a lot. And the hard yeah. thing is too with body weight, it's really hard to like come up with new challenging exercises. I know a lot and i still find it sometimes quite hard to be like oh, how do i challenge my body this way that way like i do them all the time and i'm all the time i don't go on holidays all the time i've got two young kids but the very rare time i go on a holiday i only say that because i just got back from one for the first time since pre-covid but if i'm somewhere where i don't have a gym i will do body weight exercises yeah. but um so so yeah you can and you can definitely get some ad adaptations and you can make some challenging but i really do Thing to a point. Yeah, you just need uh, um, to get weights in pretty quick. So if you're talking, for example, yeah. you're doing lunches at home with just body weight, so uh, nothing. Mm -hmm. Then after like two weeks, you uh, you don't feel anything from the uh, the lunches. Yeah. You need to get yeah. like weights in or uh, whatever. Alrighty. Exactly. Um, can strength, so strength training, increase the amount of volume that you can take on on the run? Now, this is also, um, I remember when I started out with triathlon in uh, uh, in 2017, I think in 2018, I wanted to like do more volume. And one thing I found is I had, so as soon as I was doing a couple of interval training, uh, training my recovery was pretty slow. Um, also because I, I was a proper age grouper. I was working at PwC and, uh, you know, uh, working out in the evening. It's just the, 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 the real, real dedicated lifestyle. 
but one of uh, calf muscles, uh, uh, tight calf muscles, um, I felt like during interval sessions, if I would push it, I would maybe get an injury. So does strength training uh, then improve the amount of volume what you can take on? Because the problem I had then, I just couldn't build the volume because I wasn't really recovering from it. Maybe also because it was the experience that I didn't have at the time. But would you also say uh, strength training is able to... Uh, yeah, I obviously first I want to acknowledge that like strength training is not the answer to absolutely everything. It's just like you you touched on like you need the experience and often you just need the time, especially mm-hmm. with running. It takes years for your body to be able to tolerate that load, right? But there are a lot of injuries that can be minimized. The risk can be minimized with strength training. So bone stress injuries is a big one. And they're really, really common in running, especially marathon running. Um, We used to say, you know, especially in females, but they happen a lot in males as well. Um, (coughs) And strength training is one of those things that can help improve bone mineral density. You can load them up through strength training and you can't through running, right? I mean, there's more to it than that. You've got to eat well, et cetera. But and you and with, with, with like um, the bone injuries, you're talking stress fractures, lateral mm-hmm. tears, that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, generally stress fractures, stress responses, um, <laughs> anything like that. So strength training can really help minimize those really, really effectively. The other thing is to Achilles tendinopathy, second most common injury when it comes to runners. Strength training can help minimize the risk of that. <clears throat> Um, especially when it comes to improving that tendon load. And your tendons will adapt to a degree from running, but to really, really load them up, you need that strength training. So definitely, <coughs> sorry, Tom. Okay, oh, you got COVID or something. <laughs> Does strength training help help uh, against COVID? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently not, I do it all the time, and here I still am. Um, so definitely, like shin splints, like we touched on before as well. Like. So, so virtually your strength training is going to improve your body's ability to tolerate that load. So yes, it does. Absolutely. Um, if it's done properly, like you don't want to then go into the gym and do crazy workouts like single leg mm-hmm. and I'm doing some movement. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> you don't want to go in the gym and do two hours of strength training because then you're actually going to put yourself at higher risk of injury because yeah. you're going to end up using too much energy and that's going to put you at risk of in- injuries. You're going to make yourself excessively tired and fatigued and you're then going to put yourself at higher risk because your running biomechanics have changed. So all of those kind of things. So you've got to find your sweet spot. But the other way that your strength training can help you is to really help improve your running biomechanics. Mm-hmm. So strength training, especially through your glutes, can help prevent your knees from falling in. So, you know, that pelvic hip drop that happens, that can help prevent things like ITB syndrome, um, brainer trochanter bursitis, so like glute bursitis, um, help prevent that runner's knee, that patellofemoral pain like we are talking about. Um, so, like, it's really, really important in those as well. So it can help improve your running biomechanics, and then that's not only going to help you prevent those injuries but help you run better and more economical too which means that naturally you're going to be using less energy for your runs so you actually be able to go further off that same energy so it definitely can it's not you know like yes that'll be it that is your key even though it's a big part of it it's also just going to take a little bit of time and you got to really just make sure that you fine-tune that strength program yeah. as well yeah so it's also a big uh big supportive to uh to the other training sessions just a huge support yeah and i think that like and this is just my experience and as a researcher i hate to give like anecdotal stuff but you know Mm -hmm. i've worked with a lot of endurance athletes and i see a lot that come in for performance and they all say to me and it's always around 70k people always come to me and they say okay i can run 70k a week but the second i run like 71 or 73 i get injured and they spend so long building up to 70 and then they're Mm -hmm. almost just yeah, because the second they go above it or, you know, whatever that number is, they go, I just can't do it without getting injured. And it's like they have this threshold. And I've worked with so many people like that. And they always come back and go, yes, I hit 80 this week. Do you think I should go for 90? I'm like, just do it. You'll be fine now. And then they all more, end up. More is always better. More is yeah, always better. <laughs> no, that's it. you got to have a limit, right? But like it's if more you do to a certain that, extent. Yes, but if you, you know, you do want to hit, if you're stuck on 70 and you go, I really want to do a 100k running week, if that's always been like, say, life goal, you want to do a big Mm -hmm. training week, there's nothing more frustrating than having that ceiling when you know you could do more. Um, So it definitely can help. 
well spoken. I think for uh, for now, uh, for this episode, as we're almost at one hour, uh, this will cover it. Um, thanks for uh, for all the uh, the training tips and advice. So if you want to hear more about strength training, we'll be back with another episode uh, uh, soon where we're going to cover uh, some more questions. I'm going to put up a, another questionnaire on the Travel Mockery page. As well as we're going to talk supplements and maybe another topic if we uh, we're going to talk the app because uh, Kate's coming out with a strength training app for triathletes. Um, it's going to be launched somewhere next week, so make sure to uh, follow uh, Kate Baldwin. Uh, well, Valer, it's called on uh, on Instagram, and you'll stay tuned of the exercises. Uh, you can uh, have a little look what it should look like. Uh, so you don't end up messing around with a bozo ball in the gym. Um, <laughs> for now, Kate, uh, thanks for uh, for joining us. And we'll be back next week with a uh, regular episode. And uh, yeah, if you want to support the show, head over to our Patreons. And um, yeah, we can keep making this possible. Thanks, everyone.